This is Annie Grace, and you're listening to this Naked Mind podcast, where without judgment, pain, or rules, we explore the role of alcohol in our lives and culture. This is Annie Grace. I hope everyone is doing great. I have a question this morning that I wanted to answer, and I wanted to even answer it in a bit of a broader way than just to this specific question, but I'm going to read the question. Um, it says, good morning. I wanted to reach out today and ask for some advice on supporting a spouse who's trying to look at alcohol-free. Both my husband and I read and loved your book. He set a goal on being sober for one year. Well, I thought that's ambitious. I want to support him in whatever he wants to do. One of the many things I asked him was, Um, what he planned to do if he did at any point have any drinks. He didn't really have a game plan, and that made me a bit nervous due to his history of being quite hard on himself. So it's been close to two months of no alcohol, and I came home yesterday, and he'd been drinking. And he admitted it immediately and felt less than. And instead of seeing it as a learning experience, he only saw himself as weak. Now I'm wondering what to do to support him right now. Do I give him tough love? Do I remind him that nobody's a failure? Do I encourage him to talk about it or just let it be? I thought your book was so amazing and I wonder if you had any advice. So here's the truth, okay? And I'm gonna go on a bit of a rant, but here's the truth. We don't look, I cannot think of anything and put it in the comments if you can think of anything that we look at as 100%, right? If we decide we're gonna be a runner and then we don't run for 365 days of the next year, we don't consider ourselves a failure. If we decide that we are going to, <laughs> you know, try to eat less sugar and then we consume some sugar because it happened to be a little bit in that catch up we ate, we don't look at it the same way. But with alcohol, we've developed this idea that it's like black and white, that it's all or nothing, okay? And I've been doing a lot of research on this because I think it's really important to go back to the science. So there's these these two studies, and there's many, many more, and these are actually amalgamations of different studies. So one is um, spontaneous remission from the problematic re- use of substances, and that is really an amalgamation of a lot of studies. The other one is recovery from addictions without treatment. And here's the kicker, right? I wanted to understand why is it that spontaneously people go back to behavior around drinking that is not harmful, that is not problematic by themselves without treatment? What is it? What are the factors there? And those are really what these studies get into. And they do that when they do that on their own without formal treatment, without going to meetings, without going to rehab, they're actually more successful. And by the way, they're not always successful because they're 100% abstinent. That is not the measuring stick. The measuring stick is problems. The measuring stick is peace and comfort and what they want in their lives and problems manifesting rather than abstinence, okay? So that's really important because these studies are not looking at abstinence as a measuring stick. And I want to just put that out there for a second. Now, I don't drink, but I don't drink because I don't want to drink. I'm not gonna sit here and say, that I'm never gonna have a drink again because when I do, my brain seizes up and it's a forbidden fruit syndrome and it's like, oh my gosh, well, how long is never? I'm never gonna know I'm successful until I'm dead. That's crazy, I, I, I feel freaked out. I feel like constrained. But if I say, I just, I just haven't, what I say is I drink whenever I want. I just haven't wanted to have a drink in like a really long time, you know, five years now, haven't wanted to have a drink, okay? And that for me feels like peace and freedom because for me, the goal is not abstinence. The goal is finding peace and freedom. The goal for me is to make alcohol, which became big and important in my life, 
small and irrelevant in my life again. That's my goal. And when I look at that as a goal, then I'm not going to beat myself up and I'm not going to have, you know, really intense shame-based experiences if it doesn't go to plan. Because here's the truth. I'm going to draw you a little picture, right? The truth is we think success, and if you're if you're just listening to this and not watching it, we think success is this straight arrow. You know, it's a, a straight up thing and, and you're just on the trajectory and you're just making it, but it's not it's not true, right? Success actually looks much more like this, up and down and up and down and up and down. And if you talk to anybody who's made a really definitive change in their life, whether they've moved from never exercising to being a really regular exerciser, it's not that it was a straight path, right? Things happen. You get sick. You get lazy, whatever. You Things happen. Things happen. And every single step along that journey is a step forward. Now, another thing that is coming out in these studies loud and clear is that in the research that they've done, the shame-based beating ourselves up as opposed to a compassion and grace-led curiosity about our behavior when we do mess up actually prolongs how long it takes. So let me say that again. If you beat yourself up when you mess up, it will prolong how long you are stuck. It will prolong how long it takes for you to become free, for you to become in control, for alcohol to be small and irrelevant. There is no good in beating ourselves up. Now, beating ourselves up feels good in the moment because it feels like, oh, we messed up. Now I have to do it. I have to like whip myself on the back. I have to flatulate myself because there is this instant sense of I'm doing something about it. The best thing you can do about it is get really curious. What happened? What did I learn? What was what was the trigger? What was the circumstance? Where was I? How did it happen? Get curious and get curious from a completely observing, not judging perspective. Because we don't do things without a reason. Human beings, we don't do things without a reason. And the truth is that your goal of becoming free has to be a goal of making yourself not want alcohol because we only do things over the long term that we really want to do. We do things as human beings that we feel like doing. Now, in the very short term, yes, you can say, well, I don't feel like going to the dentist. Yeah, I get that. We can do that in the short term. But over the long term, even if you look at somebody who's like running ultra marathons, they have adapted an identity and they have adapted a belief system that they actually want to run ultra marathons. They're doing something that they feel like doing. And it has to be true for alcohol. And the best way to get yourself to feel like doing is not to associate shame and guilt with the learning process, right? How many times did you fall down when you were learning to walk? Did you ever say, well, I'm not going to learn to walk now? Do we ever beat up a kid because he's like, oh, geez, you fell down again? No, actually the falling down, and this blows my mind, the falling down and the picking yourself back up when you're a toddler is actually what builds the leg muscles to be able to walk. The messing up is what builds our curiosity, is what alerts us to the things that are happening in our lives and around us, and alerts us to the emotions that we're numbing in order to really get to where we want to get. Now, what I love to do with this situation, because again, I don't see anything else in the world being treated as abstinence is success, 100%, all or nothing, black and white is success, and anything else is failure. I don't see anything else like that. So what I like to do is I like to look at this in terms of percentages, right? Now, in this example, two months alcohol-free, one day of drinking, okay? That's like a 97, 98% success rate. <laughs> what? 
If you just reduced, you know, something by 10%, say you reduced the debt in your company by 10%, or say you increased your salary by 10%, you'd be like having a party all over the place. You just had a 97, 98% success rate in the last two months. What? That's amazing. That should be celebrated. Okay. And I think that if we get this, and according to the research, if we can move from this shame-based black and white, all or nothing perspective to a grace-based compassion-led perspective, where first of all, we have compassion for ourselves. We realize we weren't doing something without a reason. There was a reason. There was a trigger. There was an emotional response that you need to deal with. And guess what? The drinking is just a little guidepost saying, Hey, Hey, Annie, deal with this thing. Because once you deal with this thing, all of the things are going to get better. So treat yourself nicely. Try to look at this as percentages. Celebrate wins. You know, it's really hard to build on success that we don't acknowledge. It's so important. So I hope that that helps. And um, best of luck, especially during, you know, any time of year when <laughs> there's lots of extra drinking. Uh, have a wonderful, wonderful day. Hey, it's Annie Grace. I wanted to hijack the end of this podcast because right now, for the first time ever, I am doing something that I think you will find incredibly valuable and amazing. And here's the thing. I've been asking myself, like, why do some people effortlessly stop drinking while other people struggle? Why do some people who haven't drank in years still miss it, still feel like they're missing out, still even feel a little self-pity? Like, why can't I do that anymore? What's going on? What's the difference? And the thing is, these questions have kept me up at night, and I've spent years now diving into the science, diving into, you know, literally hundreds of interviews and thousands and thousands of surveys of feedback from people trying to understand why, what makes it different. And I think I finally really understand it. And I put all of this together into something that I believe is one of the best things I've ever created. And it is a modular membership program that is coach-led so that people can find freedom faster. I read recently that the average time from when somebody recognizes a problem with alcohol to when they solve it can be up to 15 years. And I know that I get thousands of emails with people saying, man, I'm so happy I found your work. My only regret is that I didn't find it sooner. And so I wanted to put everything I've known so far, all of the research, all of the interviews, all of your experiences, all of the stories into this coach-led program that is truly customizable for you. So if you need it for a month and you find your freedom, great. But if you need to be with us for longer, that's also fine. And right now for a limited time, this program is at a massive discount just because I recognize what's going on with the world. So if you are at all curious about this and you want to know more and you're ready to really make alcohol small and irrelevant in your life once and for good to not only where you're not drinking, not stopping just at the behavior of drinking, but actually where it feels effortless not to drink, where it feels easy, where you never feel like you're missing out, where you always actually feel like you're more joyful and happier. And I know that's hard to believe, and it was for me too, but it's okay if you're skeptical. It works anyway. If you're curious about this at all, check it out, nakedmindpath.com. It's open right now. It's closing May 31st. So if you want to get in on this first ever launch of this coach-led program that is totally modular, that you can come 
and take as much time or as little time as you need to truly make alcohol small and irrelevant in your life. Join me, nakedmindpath.com. I can't wait to see you there. And as always, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast as it truly helps the message reach somebody who might need to hear it today. 